This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. As I was preparing to uh, bring a message this morning, I, I started thinking about the patterns for motherhood. And the, the Bible depicts many mothers and uh, one of the most notable is found in our daily reading a few weeks ago, actually a few days ago, uh, the, the mother of Samuel, the prophet. Uh, her name is Hannah. And so I'd like to just have you go through a few passages of scripture with me and let's, let's look at some uh, patterns, some qualities of, of, of what motherhood biblically looks like. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, I'm going to read verses uh, 1 through 21, and it says, And there was a certain man of Ramathame Zophim, from the hills of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tahu, the son of Zuf, an Epaphrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the other, or the second, was Penaniah. And Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city from year to year to worship and to sacrifice to Jehovah of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of Jehovah, were there. And the time came that Elkanah offered, and he gave portions to Peniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah he gave one double portion, for he loved Hannah. But Jehovah had shut up her womb, and her foe also provoked her grievously in order to make her tremble because Jehovah had shut up her womb. Jehovah had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the household of, or the house of Jehovah, so she provoked her. She wept and she did not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. And Eli, the priest, sat on the seat by the side post of the temple of Jehovah. And she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed to Jehovah. And she wept sorely. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaid and remember me and not forget your handmaid, but will give your handmaid a man-child, then I will give him to Jehovah all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it all happened as she continued praying before Jehovah. Eli noticed her mouth. Now, Hannah spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. And Eli thought she was drunk, or she'd become drunk. And Eli said to her, how long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you. And Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have neither drunk wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before Jehovah. Do not count your handmaiden for a daughter of wickedness. For out of the abundance of my meditation and grief have I spoken until now. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the Lord God of Israel grant you your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, Let your handmaiden find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. 
And they rose up in the morning early and they worshiped before Jehovah. And then they returned and came to the house, their house, to Ramah. And Alkara knew Hannah, his wife, and Jehovah remembered her. And it came and it happened. When the, when, uh, the time had come around that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked of Jehovah. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to Jehovah the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Until the child is weaned, and then I will bring him so that he may appear before Jehovah and stay there forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems good to you. Stay until you have weaned him. Only may Jehovah establish his word. So the woman stayed and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls and one epaph of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of Jehovah in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they killed a bull and they brought the child Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to Jehovah. For this boy I was praying, and Jehovah has given me my petition, which I asked of him. And I have returned him to Jehovah. As long as he lives, he shall be given to Jehovah. And he worshiped Jehovah there. Verse 27 goes on to say this. It says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. Here's what I want you to see. There are ten qualities that Hannah had as a mother as a mother, as a woman, a godly mother, a godly woman of God. And I believe these are 10 qualities that most women who have come to a knowledge of Christ carry in their hearts. I think all mothers have some of these qualities simply by the fact that God has instilled inside of every woman this nurturing, this mothering spirit. And uh, you know, God graces mothers. He graces women to be mothers. First of all, Hannah prayed for her children. She prayed to have a child, but she was prayerful. Prayer plays an incredible part in our lives. I grew up under the nurture of a praying mother. Three years ago, my mother died, and uh, I, I have to say this, I, I noticed a shift in the spirit. I don't have that prayer cover anymore. And I know it. I, I feel it. That there's, there, there immediately came a gap. I, I could feel that, there, that something shifted. I believe that her prayers protected me, sustained me, helped me in many, many ways. I, I believe that the prayers of mothers do that. Uh, I, I can't explain that other than since the time she's died, I just, I, I, I grieved her death. I feel bad about that. But uh there's been a gap, and it's spiritual. I know it's spiritual in nature, and I really believe that uh, that season is gone in my life. Mothers pray for their children. Mothers need to know this, that when we have a care, God cares. Often you'll feel something that maybe even the husband can't feel. Mothers have this uncanny knack for knowing. 
I've had my wife wake up in the middle of the night weeping and crying. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I just feel bad about one of my sons or daughters. And she, pray, and she, and she said, I need to go pray. Me, I just sleep. <laughs> but mothers have that uncanny knack to know where their children are and to know them in the spirit. The Bible says it this way. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care or cares on him because he cares for you. God cares about what you care about. But our job is to cast our care on him. Our, our job is to pray. Our job is to take our cares to him, lay them at the foot of the cross, take our children before him, take our situations before him. When we humble ourselves and do that, he says, he cares for you. He'll exalt you in due time. Psalm 91 says it this way in verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. See, God's in the business of delivering and God's in the business of being with us in our troubles. But it requires somebody to intercede, somebody to pray and mothers are the best to do that. This, this woman, Hannah, secondly, she prayed with sorrow. She had deep sorrow in her heart. And, and of course, she was praying for a child. But the Bible says in verse 10, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore. Uh, there, there, there's nothing more painful, nothing more sorrowful than a mother's tears. Nobody can hurt a mother more than her children. But children will never know the value of a mother who prays from their place of sorrow. She also prayed secretly. And I have mothers in the church, and it's amazing to me. Uh, some of their children talk to me, and they say, yeah, yeah, I hear my mom. She goes, and she she, she has a place that she prays, and I hear her praying, and she's calling my name, and whew. I've had some older people come to me and say, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a believer today because of the prayers of my mother. They, they knew that. You know, but sometimes, you know, you don't know this, but your mothers are praying for you, and mothers do. They pray in secret. It says, it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought that she was drunken. Uh, here, here's, a, here's something that people don't understand. But we teach that you have to speak your words to have God hear them. But the, the truth of the matter is that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does speak. But God does hear the cry of someone's heart. Sometimes you are not voicing it, but you're speaking it from your heart. These prayers of the heart are sometimes the deepest prayers that a woman can pray, the deepest prayers that a mother can pray, the deepest prayers that a saint can pray. God hears those prayers. Hey, I, I like this thought. This thought came to me. She prayed presently. She, she prayed in a manner that was present. First uh, Thessalonians says it this way. It says, pray without ceasing. I, I, I believe that we need to be consistent in our prayers. And for the mothers that are consistent and present in their prayers, there's great reward. It says that uh, in, in, in verse 19, it says, and, and they rose up early in the morning and they worshiped before the Lord and then they returned and came to their house in Ramah. 
And Elkanah knew his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So two things. She prayed presently, and she prayed with power. There's something about being present. I think men sometimes were not present. I think fathers sometimes disengaged from their sons, their daughters. But mothers don't. Most mothers are present. And their prayers are present. They know the present needs of their children. Even now as I get, as my children get older, my wife seems to know their little heart conditions. Me, I, I'm kind of like, hey, grow up. You're a, you're a man now. You're, 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 you're a woman. You know, take care of yourself. But, but not moms. Moms are present. And, and those present prayers are very powerful. She prayed with power. How do we know? Because her prayers brought about a result. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman avails much. It says after it came, or it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel because I have asked of him, or I've asked of the Lord. Colossians tells us in Colossians 4, 2, it says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Uh, powerful prayers are continued in. We continue in prayer. Men ought always to pray. Women ought always to pray. God, God warns us. He, he encourages us to pray. Then here, here's something that's very important. She, uh, she kept her promise. She made a vow. She vowed a vow to God. And she kept it. 1 Samuel 1, 11, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaiden, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor upon his head. Here's the amazing thing. Not only did she vow the vow, and I want to just say this. Be careful. Be careful if you vow a vow. Not only did she vow this vow, she kept it. She kept the vow. Here's, here's kind of the message. Don't make promises you won't keep. This is what the Bible says. It says, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he, and he worshiped the Lord there. I, I, I know... Uh, well, let me just read one more verse. In Ecclesiastes, it says this. It says, when you vow a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou vowed. Better it is that you should not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. So when you go to God, let me tell you something. There's, there's vows you make. You know, Bonnie and I, when we, uh, Pastor Bonnie and I, when we first started having children, we waited for four years before we had children. We just knew each other. We in fact, we hardly knew each other when we got married. And then we came here and we started the church and it was like, this is crazy. What are we doing? You know, so we said, we can't bring a child into this nonsense. So let's just give ourselves a break here. And so we decided that we would wait four years. Now, we were using what was called natural family planning. So we 
had to be very disciplined. We watched ourselves and we made sure that when the time came to have babies, we were ready. So we were prayerful. But even before we conceived, we prayed and dedicated our first child. We thought it would be a girl. We actually had a name for it. Her name was going to be Kristen. My wife wanted a Kristen. You know, I said, okay. So we thought, okay, this little girl, we dedicate her to the Lord. But whatever the baby is, we're dedicating it to the Lord, okay? Well, Tommy came. <laughs> so it was easy to pick his name because he took my moniker, you know, TPD the third. But uh, we dedicated him to the Lord, and we dedicated him to the service of the Lord. And with each subsequent child, two years later, we planned, and we had Jonathan. Two years after that, we planned, and we had Daniel, Ben. Two years later, we had Daniel. And, and, each, and God gave us a name for each one. We had a, I always wanted an Austin Michael, Austin Michael. Well, we never got an Austin. God would speak. He'd say, no, this is Jonathan. This is Benjamin, son of your right hand. This is Daniel. And a few years later, the apple of my eye came into the world, little Sarah. And so God gave us five children. Five is the number of a quiver, a quiverful. I don't know if that means five or if it means you're quivering when you're done. <laughs> but either, either way, we had five children. But one thing I can say about all five of my children is that we lent them to the Lord. They're, they're the Lord's. They're not ours. We, we get to take care of them. We get to feed them. We get to clothe them. We get to educate them. We get to help them. We get to train them. But they are God's. They're God's children. And uh, I think that's important for mothers and fathers to realize that we are custodians. And, 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 and real mothers know that. And they are constantly, this is your child, Lord. But if you vow the vow, leave them in his hands. Hannah was uh, unusual in the fact that she knew this and she prepared him for the future. In 1 Samuel 1, 23, it says, And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems to you to be good. Tarry until you've weaned him. Only the Lord established his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she was weaned. Then it goes on, it says, Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it up to him from year to year when she came with her husband to offer a sacrifice. This mother for the first three years of his life, was with him constantly, nursing him, taking care of him. It's significant to me that it was three years. Did you know that was the same time that Moses' mother was with him? Moses had three years. You remember the story. She placed him in a basket in the bulrushes. Somebody said he was the first person to get drunk. He was motherless in the bulrushes. Sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, that's a bad joke, I know. Uh, anyway, but, but what I'm saying is the little daughter saw the baby and told the, 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 the daughter of Pharaoh, says, hey, we, there's a nursing mother here that'll take care of that baby. And for three years, this mother got to nurse her, her baby. But in those three years, she trained him enough that when he went and lived for the next 40 years in the house of Pharaoh, or 37 years, it was enough of those three years for him to not lose his heart for the people of his own nation, the Hebrew nation. 
It was the same with Samuel after three years. Psychologists today tell us that if you trade a child, you trade them in the first five years. The first five years of their life sets the pattern for the rest of their life. That's why mothers play an incredible role in their children. I take a tour to the U.S. and I, uh, we go to some of the best corporations in the world. One of them is the Four Seasons Hotel. And the Four Seasons Hotel hire for one purpose and one reason only. They only hire one quality, one quality only. You know what they look for? Attitude. Attitude. They say, we can train you to do anything else, but we can't train your attitude. I believe that mothers and fathers, but primarily mothers, put the attitude inside of their child. You, they say this. They say that by 20 years of age, you already have your attitude and you can't ever change it. That's a pretty big indictment. Psychologists will tell you that by five years old, you have your attitude. Just tap your neighbor. Say, I think he's talking about you this morning. <laughs> but this mother put something in this child. I'll bet every day she said, you are the Lord's. You are God's. God has kept you. God gave you to me. I'll bet she told that story to this little baby. And he knew that he was the servant of the Lord. And then she would every year. She'd see him once a year after that. She'd take a little jacket from year to year. Take a a little coat to bless him. This is a woman who was, and all godly women praise God. They're praisers of God. She praised God for answering her prayer. She says in uh, verse 27, it says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has given me the petition which I asked of him. Not only did she pray and praise, she thanked God. You know, Godly women are thankful. They're thankful for what they have, not what they don't have. They're thankful for what they have. And uh, she, she was thankful, and she gave God the credit for the answer to her prayer. But one thing I have to say about my wife is that she's a prayerful woman, and she, she really does give God the credit for everything that's ever happened in her life. Both she and I know that it's God's grace that's kept us. And Psalm 50 says it this way. It says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver thee, and, I, and you shall glorify me. Let me tell you something. When God delivers you, who do we glorify? Was it your handiness, or was it you? Or, no, no. It's God. Godly women know that. Psalm 91 says, and he shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in the day of trouble, or I'll be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him, and I will honor him. Well, God delivers, and he honors. He takes us out of our times of trouble. Samuel chapter 2 says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. She, she praised God for her salvation. I rejoice in God. He is my Savior. He's, he, he's my salvation. Not only did he save her from the other woman, who had taunted her and was an enemy to her. But he saved her reputation. He saved her dignity. She was an amazing, amazing woman. I like what Peter said. He says, whom not 
Having not seen, you love. She loved God even when she didn't see his hand work. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, let me tell you something. There's something about the joy of a mother's heart that is joy unspeakable and full of glory when your prayers are answered for your children. And finally, Psalm 32 says it this way. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy. Shout for joy. Did you know that every mother has something to shout for today? Every mother has something to shout for. We have something we can shout for joy for. The fact that you still had children. The fact that you had children. The Bible says that your children shall rise up and they'll call you blessed. I believe that our, if your children aren't doing that, they will one day. You keep praying, Mom. You keep praying. God will see to it. Amen? Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.